some reviews. Disney feature length films. Short cartoons. We bought VHS tapes. Every title we could. Disney is our business. Business is good. Hi guys, I'm Stephanie. I'm Kevin. And this is... Let's get down to business! What? No, you're supposed to be like, let's get down to business. We don't, we don't do that. We agree that we don't do that. Defeat. I don't know what we're defeating. We're defeating bad Disney movie reviews. We're defeating your lack of not seeing many Disney movies. Yeah. It's not worthwhile. Or something like that. Right? <laughs> I don't think that should be defeated. That It doesn't really have a good tune to it. No. To defeat <laughs> Kevin's lack of seeing Disney movies. I've never really had a lot of rhythm, so... Yeah, that's true. You're very white. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh. All right, guys. Hi. How's it going? It's going... Are you asking me? I'm asking them. I don't give a shit how you're doing. Oh, yeah. We went, we've been over that. Yeah. Um, so today, we have a jam-packed episode for you guys. We have a guest today, Mr. Josh Brown himself from the Rick and Morty... Minute. The Rick and Morty Minute? Minute, yes. <laughs> I like how we have a guest and I don't even have a show right. Yeah. From the Rick and Morty Minute. It's kind of prep that we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the creator of some Josh Tombs. I don't know if that's official, but we're going to call him that. Josh, we just made it a thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's on the show today. He's kind of a... He's the Disney expert that I know. Like, uh, yeah, Stephanie our- Stephanie likes to fashion herself a Disney, Disney expert. Like, Josh lives it. Yeah, he knows way more than... He's like our unofficial Disney historian. Our own personal... It's not unofficial. I think it's very official. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have him today. Um, and then we are reviewing the short The Pet Store. And then our feature, feature film today is Song... Of the South. Maybe you guys have heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you've heard it in passing or, you know, heard some things about it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, real quick before we jump into things, babe, I have corrections. Yeah. I've made mistakes in my life. <sighs> I know. So we record kind of ahead of schedule. So this is from a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. For some reason. Well, not for some reason. I know what I did wrong. Yeah. When I take notes... My handwriting is really terrible, mm-hmm. and I write in cursive. And so I wrote the Araquan with an L instead of an R. Yeah. So all, a la, a la all through. Yeah, it's like, like it's a, French. Like a la carte. <laughs> Just picking and choosing. <laughs> um, so all through our episode about the three caballeros, I was calling him the Alaquan. I, I, I just went with it because I didn't give a shit. <laughs> and to go along with that... I also wrote Serapas instead of Serapes. <laughs> so I'm fucking Hispanic and I'm pronouncing these things wrong. The so worst. I know. The other thing that I wanted to correct is when you talked about Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron yeah. or whatever the fuck it's called. The horse movie. I called it a fox movie. It's actually DreamWorks, but nobody cares. I would say, yeah, but the correct Dream- answer to that is nobody gives yes, a shit. Fucking DreamWorks is terrible unless you count, uh, you know, the dragon movies. Yeah. So. Well, and I was going to say, too, uh, and this will never happen again, so don't you guys worry, but I also have a correction to make. <gasps> no. Yeah. I think it was on last episode. I'm not certain on that, but it was when I was making the swingers joke. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I legitimately woke up in a cold sweat the other night thinking, like, oh, shit, did I say the wrong movie? I think I might have. Oh, God. And I actually called Stephanie about this and told her, I was like, babe. 
did I say the ice harvest or the ice storm? And she's like, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the fuck those movies are. Well, yeah, I had, yes. no, I had no fucking clue. That joke didn't even stick yeah. in until I asked yeah. you later. And like, I, I, we went back and I did say the ice harvest. Which was completely wrong. Which I mean, if if you guys know and have seen that movie, you're probably thinking, "What the fuck is he talking about?" It's a John Cusack fucking Billy Bob Thornton movie. It's like a heist movie. What does that have to do with swingers? No, I was talking about the Ice Storm. You know, the classic with Jonah Allen and Kevin Klein about <laughs> a, a fa- fa- failing marriage and <laughs> why'd you say that in and a, and a key party because it was failing. Oh, failing! God damn it. <laughs> So yeah, that'll never happen again. Don't worry. All of my references are still super legit. I'm like the smartest ever. Like I'm doing I'm doing the hand gestures thing right now. The Donald Trump hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's the smartest ever. So yeah, if you haven't seen the Ice Storm and uh, you want to see a movie about some swing and key party action, do it because it's great. It's got Elijah Wood and Christina Ricci in it too. Yeah. And it's an Ang Lee movie. When did that come out? Uh, I want to say like the late '90s or the very, very so it early was 2000s. Like young Christina Ricci, oh yeah, and teen Kevin that was, was like was my yeah, sh- yeah. that was entirely my shit. <laughs> she looks like an alien. No, she does. She looks like a fucking beautiful girl and now woman. She has like big anime eyes, <sighs> which was great for when she was in uh, the Adams Family. No, what the race car movie? Oh, was she Speed in that racer? Yeah, she's in Speed Racer. Okay. Nevertheless. Anyway, this is a Disney podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is a fucking Disney podcast. What are we doing here? (laughs) We have a short to review. Let's get down to business and talk about the pet store. So this is a black and white uh, Mickey Mouse short made in 1933, about seven and a half minutes long. Mm -hmm. And it starts off with Mickey Mouse walking by a pet store. Mm -hmm. He's kind of strutting. Haters going to (laughs) hate. And As uh, as, as they are wont to do. (laughs) And he sees... Uh, like a job sign mm-hmm. that just says boy wanted. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. Yeah. They mean like you want a boy for like a stock boy. For like the pets? Yeah. Like like a dog needs a boy. Somebody to mind the store. Okay. Yeah. It was just a week. Yeah, whatever. Okay. okay yeah. Moving on. And then he walks in and the store owner is a Stromboli esque caricature. Uh caricature racist racist stereotype of an Italian gypsy. And he gives Mickey the job, and Mickey starts cleaning up the shop. And there's some signs around the shop. Babe, what do those signs say? Uh, <laughs> bird a seed and a monk instead of monkeys. Like yeah. I, I don't know, it's all misspelled. A gold of the gold of the fish, or like gold of fish. Bird a good seed or something. I don't know. It's all really just ridiculous. Um, but Mickey's cleaning, and some funny stuff happens, and then his girl. Walks in. And he just shows up. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know how the fuck, like, he, so he sees this sign, like, just walking by the store and goes in to get the job. How the fuck does Minnie know that he's there? He doesn't have a cell phone on him. I don't know. She just, so she just walks into this fucking pet store strutting with, with an umbrella also Kevin, indoors. Us bitches know. I, I yeah, guess. that umbrella was the tiniest fucking umbrella I've ever seen. It she's, wouldn't even, it wouldn't she's even pretty, cover. She's pretty tiny. It wouldn't even cover her head. You don't know that. Also, I want to point out that this, when I think of like old Disney cartoons, this is the Mickey that I picture. This okay. is like my favorite version of Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really love it. This kind of, not antique Mickey, but vintage Mickey. Yeah. Vintage is the word I'm looking for. I like it. So Minnie enters with her little umbrella. And she's singing, la, 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 la. And then you hear Walt Disney himself doing the voice of Mickey. Mm-hmm. 
I wondered if he was doing Minnie's La La La's too. I would have to think so because her voice just sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> it sounds so bad. It's funny. <laughs> and for some reason, they just start dancing. Yeah. Like he just stops what he's doing and yeah. they're just dancing and not even good dancing. They're just kind of holding hands and walking back and forth around the shop. And she like puts down her umbrella and an ostrich eats it and there's some stuff with that. And I'm also wondering where are they getting these exotic pets? I don't know. This seems like like a. Pet. It's it's probably unseemly. Yeah, I mean, Mickey Mickey's probably it, getting paid in cash. It's like a black market type pet store, yeah. I guess. That's going on here with this gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a gorilla in a cage. Uh, Gooda the monkey or whatever it says. <laughs> he's a, he's a Hollywood. He's a movie monkey. And he's got a he's got a magazine that he's looking through. I thought the- they were like headshots. Because I was like, oh, so he's like a Hollywood movie monkey, and he's got, like, headshots or something like that? And then he no, looks at him. But it, it is a magazine. It's a magazine, right. yeah. yeah. And the first, co- the cover of the magazine, it shows Stan Laurel. And I looked at you, and I'm like, who the fuck is Stan Laurel? Of, of Laurel and Hardy fame. They were a comedy duo back in the early 1900s. Okay. Jesus Christ, babe. <laughs> is this, Laurel, Laurel was the skinny one. Is this, like, some uh, Three Stooges shit? Uh, yeah, kind of. Are they funny? Yeah. Yeah, I like them. Would I think they're funny? Probably not. I I think this is before the Honeymooners, I want to say. Ralph Cramden, To the Moon Alice. What's that? God damn it. (laughs) I really don't know. (laughs) I don't care. So he's looking through. So first we have Stan Laurel, and he does a Stan Laurel impersonation. (laughs) Just pretty funny. And he scratches his butt for whatever reason. (laughs) And then he turns the page and sees King Kong. (laughs) Sees. King Kong. He sees King Kong, and he wants to be King Kong. So he breaks out of his cage, and he goes over to where Mickey and Minnie are dancing, being all aloof, and he fucking grabs Mickey and throws him across the room into the table, WWE style. He breaks the table. It was fucking awesome. Buffalo Bills fans would be, like, cheering. (laughs) It was great. Um... So then they kind of reenact King Kong. Mm -hmm. He climbs... he, He grabs Minnie, they climb up a... Like it's a, a bird. It's a bird seed display. Yeah, like a pile it looks like of a pyramid. It looks like a looks like a pyramid. Yeah, and he's up there and on top. He's like standing on a bird cage, beating his chest, and holding Minnie out. There's some birds that got free in the mm-hmm. or got loose in the pet store, and they're dive bombing. Pretty him. much all the animals are loose. For, I don't know how the fuck that happened because they didn't show that. But I guess you know once Minnie's or Mickey's incapacitated, like everything just goes to shit. Yeah. So these birds are going after him. Um... Minnie's, you know, really, really fighting him. Well, there's a whole lot you can do. He's a fucking gorilla. Yeah, she kicked him in the face. She did a pretty good job. She's no damsel in distress. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, does a short pass the Bechdel test? <laughs> no, because there's only one I know. woman. I'm joking. That was a joke. <laughs> do you want to I don't Because I don't give a shit about the Bechdel test. <laughs> do you want to mansplain the Bechdel test to me again? <laughs> <laughs> this seems appropriate. Tell me the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fuck no. So, the ending... It's just, yeah. No, the ending is uh, the animals take this gorilla out. Like he gets a, a, I think a cage thrown on top of his head, mm-hmm. and these, I think they're squirrels. Are they squirrels or skunks? Or, like start licking his face. Oh, they're squirrels. Yeah, why yeah. are they licking him? I, I don't know. But I that, thought but maybe Mi- they were gonna chew on him, but they're just licking his face. But then Minnie, Mickey, and Minnie are like, "Oh shit, we need to get the fuck out of here because yeah. the place is trash it's now." Chaos. And like. So he just they just leave. Yeah, they walk and, out and, and, and uh, Stromboli you, yes, guy. Stromboli Light walks out of the Italian restaurant, <laughs> the, the Italian restaurante, 
<laughs> and like they they see him coming and they fucking just bail. They take completely. Off. They fuck this dude's shop up like that he entrusted you know to for, for you know give Mickey a job. And they just like I, just, I don't know were they were they dogging on the dude's business practices like the fucking they're trying to trash this black market pet store. I guess they're exposing I it for what it is. I felt like it was like some some undercover. Some, yeah. It felt like some <laughs> some fucking do the right thing bad shit. You know, Mickey. The more shorts that we see, I'm kind of like he's a troublemaker. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's naughty. Um. Overall, I liked. I did like it a lot. I thought it was. I thought it was, it was a, cute. It was charming. It was okay. Like I, I, I was gonna give it more points because of the time period. Because it was 1933, yeah. so it's like five years before Snow White. And I mean, like the animation is is good. Like it usually is. It's black and white. But then I thought, well, Gulliver Mickey. Came out in 1934, and I thought that was a lot yeah. better than this was. But so, you I mean, can, this is you can see the animation improving. Like when oh, we for look sure. at something like Puss in Boots versus this, like holy shit, yeah. did they really, it's day and night, yeah, um, or night night and day. Some might say, I, I say it right. Did think early in like the first minute or so, it kind of took a while to get going. Mm-hmm. Like he was sweeping up, and like they could have probably shortened that a little bit. And the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't do a lot with the animation. I don't know. True. Um, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, the short is out of the way. Took care of that business. Woo! On to the next business. Yeah. Ready? Set? Go, babe. Let's get down to it. Let's get down to business. And introduce our next guest. Yeah, so like I said, his name is Josh. He's one of my best friends. And he's the guy that I know that is all about Disney. And I'm talking like straight up historian. You know, they, he and his wife go to Disneyland multiple Disney times. Disney World. Excuse me. Yes. Disney well, they've, well, they've been to Disneyland. Once, okay. But Disney World they go to is Disney in World. Florida. Nevertheless, Disney World, like multiple times every year. They got uh, married at Disney World. Yes. Yeah. But when you, if you see them, make sure to say, hey, Josh. And, uh. Hey, Josh. Alrighty. Let's get down to it. Hi, Josh. Hey, what's up, guys? So, yeah, uh, if anybody is curious, I am the – wait, we can swear on this. I'm the oh, dickhead who is like – I'm, I'm, I'm the dick, dickhead who's constantly uh, bitching about your shit on the internet. The one that sends us novels about <laughs> – At least at least I'm private. I don't I don't post it. I don't like blast you on your shit. Well, actually, that. Mary Blair uh... – I am actually as fuck, guys. <laughs> I apologize. This should be my name. It should be like Josh Brown, actually. Joshua Brown. <laughs> um, so, how did how did you get to be so passionate about Disney? What what why? Uh, it, I guess I was just like I don't know. I was fucking raised with it. Like I was you know raised with it a few things, but like Disney is like a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I saw everything theatrically when uh, it was like re released when I was younger. Unlike I mean, this plebe Kevin. Shut the fuck up. I'm, and I mean, like, there's this this movie was re-released in 86, and there's a solid chance I saw this in theaters. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like, everything up till probably, I think, uh, I think Hunchback is the first one that I didn't see in theater. What was the first one you saw in theater? The first one that I can remember seeing in theater is Bambi. Oh wow! I can remember seeing because I, I remember a McDonald's tie-in re-release of Bambi, not the original. <laughs> yeah, Josh wasn't alive. Yeah, of course. <laughs> not, not, oh, but yeah, like the first first run that I can remember is probably Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, and what I was going to say to you guys is that 
uh, when we told Josh that we were going to do this, this idea, like he obviously thought it was awesome because he's himself. And he but also he liked also, Hakuna Mapata. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what Josh likes. I, I don't know how many times I have to hey, fucking no. tell you. Hakuna, Hakuna Mapata is a better title. You're wrong. You're wrong. Dude, <laughs> the, pe- the people I, I, have I, spoken. I don't think I, I don't, Se- I don't, seven I don't or eight people have that. spoken. <laughs> but no, like going into this entire process, like one of the first things that Josh said to Kevin, us. Kevin wins. He just wins. I fucking I so, win yeah. so Talk much. about me for Say good things about me again. <laughs> I, I, win, I win so much. But no, one of the first things that he said to me was, you guys have to have me on when you do Song of the South. That was the first thing that he said. And why is that? Uh, nobody has seen this movie. So let's just intro it real quick. We have Song of the South. It was created, or excuse me, was released in 1946. The war's over, guys. The war's fucking over. Uh, it's about an hour and 34 minutes long. So is this the longest one so far? This is, uh, yeah, probably up there for you. Longest one in a long time. And uh, the first feature you've seen in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's the a live action animation hybrid. First live action has three animated segments. And then as far as accolades go, zippity doo won an Oscar for original, best original oh, song. Man. Which I had to sing in like fourth grade or something for a recital. <laughs> the other thing is uh, two years after its release, James Basket won an honorary Oscar for this movie. We were going to get into that, Josh, but you stole it. You stole the thunder. Well, she was listing fucking accolades. And I just <laughs> well, but I, we can get into the minutia of all yeah, that. Yeah, I'll say we, there's, there's more to it than that. But um, just one more thing about this is that this is a uh, Greg Toland, the uh, cinematographer from cinnamon Kane, citizen Kane's first color movie. Oh shit. I don't know who that is. God damn it. Babe. And I've never seen citizen Kane. <sighs> I don't know why you're the worst. I love you. But, yeah. <laughs> but you've um, seen song of the South, which is rare. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Those deep cuts. <laughs> which, is, which is obviously superior. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some production and background history on this. Uh, it's based on the Uncle Remus storybooks by Joel Chandler Harris. But apparently these stories were originally published in Harper's Magazine by Teddy Roosevelt's uncle, Robert Roosevelt. That's right, sucker. I don't know why you're wooing that. What? Why not? <laughs> um, Teddy Roosevelt wrote that the stories were passed on orally by his Aunt Anna. Then Robert (laughs) sent them to the magazine where they fell flat. Nobody liked them. Uh, But once Harris created Uncle Remus uh, to do the stories or this whole like world of Uncle Remus, then they became immortal, quote unquote, from Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. So these these are are these um, like African stories that were passed down because it seems like it has those tropes of like the trickster and whatnot. Yeah. A lot of these are a Nancy stories. Who's like the African trickster god? Um, just like American, African American folklore versions of those old African stories. Gotcha. And is it a not a Nazi or a, a Nancy? A Nancy is how I've a n a n s i. I think is a Nancy is all how, how I've always pronounced it because of because of Gaiman. Oh, I thought from he calls him Mr. Nancy. When I watched Wishbone as a child, it was a Nancy. So okay. Wishbone, Wishbone is always right. <laughs> um, one thing that I That's, thought was I, I would stake a degree or something on things I learned from Wishbone for sure. <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is Disney hired. Um, oh, I didn't get his first name. Last name Rapf. R A P. Yeah, Maurice. Okay, there you go. Ultra liberal. Um, yeah, to work with Dalton Raymond when they were writing this, because um, he wanted to kind of balance out Raymond's white Southern slant. 
Um, And it said, this is from Wikipedia, Raff was a minority, a Jew, and an outspoken left-winger, and he himself feared that the film would inevitably be too Uncle Tom-ish. So that's why Disney hired him on. Mm -hmm. But he was only there for like seven weeks, and then he couldn't take working with them anymore. (laughs) I think he told Disney point blank or whatever that I don't – he's like, you guys shouldn't be making this movie. I don't want you guys to make this movie. (laughs) And Disney was like, that's why I want you on this movie because you're going to protect this movie. Oh, my God. There were so many red flags. Like they also tried to get Rex Ingram, the actor, not the director, who was um, the genie in The Thief of Baghdad. Mm -hmm. They wanted him to play Uncle Remus but he turned it down saying it was the role was too demeaning yeah think about that you guys <laughs> so i feel like there was a lot of yeah. red flags on like not to make this movie but they went ahead with it anyway so um anything else you can think of as far as like the movie being made or getting it all together no not particularly not uh this is your first bobby driscoll movie yes, yes. And for those yeah. of you that don't know, Bobby Driscoll was in this. He's in So Dear to My Heart. And his, I think the probably the biggest thing was he was the voice of Peter Pan. And also the yeah, basis, the basis for the character model. model. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yes. Model. yeah. Stay, stay on that story because it's got an ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the one movie I'm just dreading is Peter Pan. Well, we'll, Peter we'll Pan? get there. We'll get there. Yeah. You haven't even seen So Dear to My Heart. <laughs> I did find the VHS of that one, so we're committed I now. Can't, that's we're ridiculous. in it now. There's, I think they, they put that on DVD too, which is oh, that. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's enough draw for it to be on DVD, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's got to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's Ugh. go through Song of the South. So it starts off with I don't even know their names. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny, the kid, Johnny is Bobby Driscoll's name. His yes. bitchy mom. Yeah. Miss Sally. His dad. Who is John Senior? Okay, so there are their names. Thanks, Josh. No problem. And they're heading to the plantation. Yep. And what Johnny doesn't know is he's being left there with his mom because mm-hmm. Dad has to go to go to work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets this little black boy named Toby. Mm-hmm. You guys also forgot to mention uh, Hattie McDaniel in that carriage as well as Aunt yes. Tempe. She is the first black woman to win an Oscar. She won for uh, for Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Yep. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So they get to this plantation. Um. So far up to this point, I'm thinking this acting is pretty subpar. <laughs> it's stiff. It's very 1940s. I don't really have a lot of notes because about 45 minutes in, I fell asleep. Oh, no. That's, and, my, that's and, my thing. And Kevin was... Drifting off. Like, he was already just full soaring. Yeah, I was. I was like looking at him to see if it was okay if I could fall what? asleep. No, it's if, oh, it's, if no. I'm sleeping, it is Somebody's not okay for you to fall torch. asleep. Yeah. All I remember is so they get to the plantation. Johnny's upset because his dad is leaving. Well, he runs off. He tries yeah. to run away. Yeah. Johnny does in the middle. Because why wouldn't you? In the middle of the night. Was Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So he runs off, but he catches Uncle Remus telling some kids a story. He's well, he hears the, uh, the the group singing around the fire about Uncle Remus yeah. songs first. Oh, that's right. That's the one. Um, that's what Uncle Remus said is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, so he goes and kind of sneaks in, sneaks up to see what Uncle Remus is talking about. He's telling the kids a story. At that time, um, the woman, and is it Toby as well, run up to mm-hmm. ask, have you seen him? Johnny's lost. Miss mm-hmm. Sally's looking for him. Yeah. And Uncle Remus is like, just tell him Johnny's with me. And then eventually they come together, Johnny and 
Uncle Remus, and Uncle Remus tells him the first animated segment story, which is Br'er Rabbit Runs Away. Oh, the first, you got uh, your your old Uncle Remus uh, convinces Johnny that if he's going to run away, Uncle Remus is going to run away too. But Johnny got no grub, so they go back to Uncle <laughs> Remus's cabin to get some cornbread and sweet potatoes. <clears throat> and uh, while he's fixing that stuff, he uh, tells him a story about Br'er Rabbit running away. Well, like, Br'er Rabbit is trying to run away. I don't know why. He just had it. He just, just mis- had it. Well, no, he, he, he's, he's mischievous, he's man. He's got people after him. He's got to get out. <laughs> like some loan sharks? Exactly. <laughs> um, as he tries to leave, he gets caught in That's a right. trap. And uh, he sees the bear. And the bear comes along, Br'er Bear. And I, I was wondering what Br'er meant, so here's a good moment to say that it's hmm. brother. Br'er. Br'er. Um, Br'er. <laughs> So Br'er 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 Say Br'er 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 I think you can actually say brother because I think in the Laughing Place segment uh, he does drop brother. He said or Br'er Fox calls him brother bear. Now did we did Zippity Doodah happen before the animated short? Uh, Wait no this is what brings us into the world of animation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, so Uncle Remus starts telling him about. Yeah, it's got that. They're in the cabin, and it's got that really intense, like, face shot of Uncle Remus, and it's just like him yeah. in pitch black darkness, like staring daggers into Johnny, and then suddenly, like, it explodes into color. <laughs> Which I had read, they had the shot of him going into whatever zippity doodah wasn't blocked correctly, and right. they were already out of money by that point, mm-hmm. so they just covered some lights with cardboard oh my god and that's how that yep. was made so yeah okay so now we have Br'er rabbit coming along leaving whatever he gets caught in a trap Br'er bear comes along and he's trying to trick Br'er bear into getting him out of the trap which i thought why don't you just ask the bear can you just let me down because the bear's not gonna be a bad well at that, that, that point i didn't know the, the i didn't know the bear was a bad guy yeah but we see Br'er Fox sneaking along and Doing he's, work. he's coming around and Br'er Rabbit's like, I gotta get the fuck out of this trap. So, <laughs> but yeah, he basically tricks the bear into it. The bear gets into the trap. Uses that old Tom Sawyer trick. <laughs> like, yeah, painting this fence is so much fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Br'er Rabbit's <laughs> like, I'm getting a dollar a minute for hanging out up here, which is a ton. <laughs> yeah, right. $60 an hour. That's $60 an hour. And he's doing nothing. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> I feel like there is a social commentary in that, and I don't know what it is, so I'm going to move on. Um, as that bear was climbing in and dangling from the tree, I thought he looked like truck balls. That animatronic exists as well. Yes. Yeah, we still have not been on that ride. Um, oh, that's a bitch. You're going to enjoy it more now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, having rewatched this, I enjoy that ride more. <laughs> so the bear gets up there and the rabbit gets free he's gone he takes off fox doesn't get him so for some reason johnny's grandma is coming and he has to wear a lace collar it's uh it's johnny's father's mother and oh. the suit that he has to wear was made by this specific grandmother so she's going to want him wearing that suit but he wants to play with toby because he wants to go catch frogs with Toby. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? His dad talked about it. 
wait, I think we missed that whole bull foreshadowing. Toby tells him not to cut through the bull pa- the the bullpen at one point. Yeah. So that happened. Just keep that in your mind. Yeah, because that's, you know, a big part. Um, but they go out and uh, somehow ends up meeting this girl. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Jenny. 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 Like Jenny Weasley. Right. And she's holding a puppy. That's right. And that puppy was stinking cute, babe. Well, I mean, obviously not that cute because her brothers wanted to drown it. Yeah. Which is super legit. Holy shit. They were like, I was surprised in this movie how much they verbalized violence, mm-hmm. whether it's drowning a puppy or wanting someone to be dead. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Yeah, those damn favors, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she gives him this puppy. Now they're friends and it's cute. Um, but his mom doesn't want him to have this puppy. So he has to take it to Uncle Remus. So this is the part where we're both asleep. God damn it, baby. Okay. Um, which is when like Tar Baby happens. You guys miss Tar Baby? Well, no, I think you I guys, either of you rewatched this. Stephanie was supposed to. I went back and rewatched it, but I was doing other things at the time. Ah. So, which is what Stephanie does. Jenny gave Johnny the puppy so that they would not drown the puppy, and then Johnny took the puppy home, and his mom said he couldn't keep the puppy, so Johnny then took it to Remus's Remus Uncle Remus his house, and. uh Sorry, Remus is just sounds weird. Right. But uh, he's <laughs> to the house of Uncle he Remus. He asked Remus to take care of the puppy. Yeah. And Uncle Remus's cat. <laughs> he asked Remus to take care of the puppy, and uh, Remus doesn't want to. So Johnny kind of tricks him into keeping the puppy there. He doesn't tell Remus that his mom said he can't have it. But anyway, yeah, that's how Remus ends up with his puppy. Oh, I thought he was just kind of playing along when he said he didn't want it. No, he probably legitimately didn't want it. He's got better no, shit he, to do. He, no, he's holding it for Johnny. So this is just more... Not knowing that he can. Oh, okay, I thought maybe it was just more bad acting. <laughs> like, no, I don't want this puppy. No, it was like a small moment that you probably missed. Yeah, I was... Because <laughs> you were asleep. Uh-huh. You were asleep or doing other things. <laughs> All right. So what? Yeah. So anyway, what launches them into the next animated segment? Like, what brings on this? The Tar Baby. Yeah. Uh, he's talking to uh, Remus about the Favors Boys and how like he's uh, kind of afraid of them because they're like bigger than they are. He is, and there's two of them. And they want to inflict physical pain on him. <clears throat> this and and you know he got to fight him or something like yeah. that. Then the Tar Bears, Tar Baby story. So a Tar Baby. So. Yeah, Tar Baby. Tar Baby. No, when I when we had talked to, with people about doing this, they would be like, oh, are you doing Song of the South? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, I hear it's super racist or blah, blah, blah. And whenever they would talk about that, they'd always bring up Disney Tar Baby. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, what's a Disney? Like, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I was like, yeah. a Disney Tar Baby? What's a, like, I never. Yeah. So now I know what it is. And having watched it, I mean, we'll get into our feelings about stuff later. But so this is the infamous Disney yeah. Tar Baby, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the fox has this stick that he's dipping into this pot of tar mm-hmm. and they're sticking like buttons on it for eyes and they're putting a jacket on it because they want to trick Br'er Rabbit into going up to it or whatever because if he gets stuck into it, mm-hmm. then he's trapped. Oh, man. Yeah, so there's some slapsticky stuff going on where it gets stuck to the fur of the bear. He rips off, the fox rips off the bear's <laughs> fur and, like, sticks it on as, like, his hair or whatever. A lot of hat switching going on. Yeah, some hat switches. <laughs> hat switching. So when Br'er Rabbit comes along and sees this tar baby sitting there, he is offended that it doesn't say hi to him. <laughs> so he goes up to it. Yeah, he says hi to the thing. And it doesn't say howdy back. Yeah. 
very rude. That's our baby. So he goes up to it and starts threatening it. Like, you better say hi to me. And he gives him three chances. Mm -hmm. Like one, two, it counts. And he doesn't. So (laughs) he doesn't. So he punches it in the face, but it's tar. So his hand gets stuck into it and he starts fighting it, like fight it off of him. Mm -hmm. And he's just getting more and more stuck. Well, a tar baby is a metaphor for when you're in a sticky situation that just keeps getting worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's predates this by a long time. Mm -hmm. Like it's, again, it's another Nancy, Nancy, which one's it? Nancy. Because however, Anansi. Yeah, however, which one? No, no we already did victory through air power. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, anyway, so yeah, this is another Anansi story, but I think it was gum in that. But like, yeah, and other tellings are it's honey. A lot of times it's tar, but it's yeah, just yeah, sticky. It's a problem that you make worse by addressing it. <laughs> sticky situation. Much like doing songs. <laughs> Much like falling asleep in a movie yeah. that you're supposed to be reviewing. <laughs> So the fox comes along because they've been waiting for this. And now they take him back to a kid. I think so. I don't remember how he gets out of it. He He uses reverse psychology. That's right. This is. uh, I remember now. I I remember. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, Kevin. Why were you sleeping? (laughs) So this is where the segment ends is he's stuck in the fox and the bear have him. So then he finishes the story about Brer Rabbit. Because he wants to know how he got out of it. Mm -hmm. It's by using reverse psychology. Yeah. yeah. Because the fox and the bear are fighting over Br'er Rabbit. And there's a thorny briar right Mm -hmm. there. Like a thicket. And the bear wants to bash the rabbit. Like he wants to Mm -hmm. pretty much just kill him right there. Yeah. He probably just read. uh, Smart. Get it done. Scott Evils. (laughs) Yeah. And the fox is like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I love of mice and men. And the fox in his Eddie Murphy voice. Mm-hmm. was like, no, we're not going to do this here. And then the rabbit's like, please, please don't throw me into the briar. Please don't throw me. <laughs> please, oh, please don't fling me in that briar patch. Yeah. And of course, now they're like, oh, we won't fling you into the briar patch. But they that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, the they do it. And the bunnies, the rabbit's like, ha ha, I've grown up in this briar. And then he f- scampers away. Anyway, after this, Johnny's like, he and Toby are walking back and sees the fa- favorite boys. And uh, he uses the, uh, oh, whatever happens, just don't tell your mom that I have that dog. So then the favors boys go home. <clears throat> he, uh, they tell like their mom that Jenny, Jenny gave him that dog and then that they want to get it back. And her mom's like, that Jen- that's Jenny's dog to give away. <laughs> you leave that kid alone. And then uh, like beats the shit out of those two kids. <clears throat> so then that's why the next time they see Johnny. They want to fight. And that's when him and the girl are walking to Johnny's birthday party where he's supposed to be, but he went to go get Mm. Jenny. And on the way back, her brothers are like mocking them and making fun of them. And at one point, one of the brothers pushes her and she Mm. falls into the mud. So Johnny gets pissed and he goes after the brother and they start like tumbling in the Mm -hmm. mud. And Johnny's like fucking giving him liver shots and Mm -hmm. whatnot. (laughs) It was the most uh, anticlimactic fight I've ever seen. Hell yeah! Yeah, it was pretty weak sauce. He had a he had a hold of that dude's fucking hair though. He did. He did. That is true. <laughs> he, he like he had a hold of his hair. Which can I? That little kid looked like an adult. <laughs> like he had the face. He had the face and voice of an adult man. <laughs> he reminded me of the um, the bully from a Christmas story. Like those brothers did. Yeah, they both kind of did. But Jenny just like starts wailing and runs off. Yeah. I was like, well, 
I'm a little sissy. Because she got a brand new dress all yeah, dirty. Come on. Have, have a fucking heart. She was going to look nice at the rich people's. Yeah. We can't overcome feminism if she's just going to fall down in the mud and cry. Well, I mean, like... Well, it's, you know, 1946. Yeah, to say, like, suffrage hadn't happened. This movie takes place in, like, 1880. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's when Uncle Remus comes along, and he, like, pulls Johnny off of that kid and tells the other kid to bugger off, mm-hmm. basically. And then takes him back to the... Does he take him back to the cabin? Or does he just tell the story there? No. They, uh... Go, he runs off. He pulls... He pulls the kid out, or Johnny off the kid, and Johnny takes off after Jimmy. Yeah. Um, and like, right, and then he runs down to the old mill. And then, like, while Johnny's running off, he tells the other kid to fuck the fuck yeah. off. And uh, then Remus heads on down there. Now what happens? The kids are pretty bummed out. So Uncle Remus tells them the story of Br'er Rabbit and his laughing place. And that's the third and final Br'er Rabbit segment that we have. And that's the one you remember of mm-hmm. them being in the cave. Yeah. yeah, with the fire and everything. And, and Br'er Rabbit's tied up. and Yeah, and they're going to eat him. But mm-hmm. he's like tries to explain to them he wants to go to a laughing place. Because mm-hmm. it's fun. You guys, you guys want to have fun, right? Yeah, he's, he just sits there, is tied up facing certain doom. Like they throw him on the spit or whatever. And then he just starts laughing. And then... They're like, why are you laughing? <laughs> like, nah, I'm just thinking about my laughing place. I just got back from there. It's pretty sweet. Pretty you, guys, great, you, guys. you guys probably would have loved it. But I mean, you know, you can eat me too. <laughs> so he takes them back out and he sees like a bee's nest. In, the, in a briar patch. Yeah. Or in a bush or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Yep. And he tells the bear, like, go in right there. It's in there. Yeah, it's go, in there. The laughing place. And the bear sticks his head in there and he gets... His head stuck in, in, a beehive. in a beehive. Yeah. And he gets all stung up. Which, I mean, the fox technically is laughing at the bear. So it is kind of a laughing place. <laughs> I think. So then they both get run off because you get this huge swarm of bees and the bear's getting stung up. And I, I don't know if that's uh, actually correct. Cause don't bears not give a fuck about bees in real life? I mean, nevertheless, nevertheless. Is that a thing? Yeah, the fox and the bear are running off. And Br'er Rabbit just laughs his ass off because he's a dickhead. And the end of that. Yeah. Rabbit's kind of a dick. So when Uncle Remus takes the kids home or takes Johnny back to his mom, he wasn't supposed to be telling Johnny stories anymore Mm -hmm. because Miss Sally was sick of his stories. That's right. Turning Johnny into a bad boy. That's right. So Miss Sally tells Uncle Remus she never wants him to like speak to him again Mm -hmm. or I don't know. Very overreactive helicopter mom. Sometimes you gotta. No more stories. No more stories. Leave my son alone. Uncle Remus is heartbroken that he can't tell Johnny stories anymore, and he feels like he needs to skedaddle. Mm-hmm. So he packs up his things and starts to leave. And Johnny sees him leaving. Well, Toby tells him he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And Johnny goes out to see him leaving, and he's like, no, Uncle Remus. It's very, you know, heart-throbbing. <laughs> yeah, he chases after Uncle Remus. He Well, first he runs to Uncle Remus's cabin. Mm-hmm. To tell him that he found his laughing place and that his laughing place is Uncle Remus's cabin. And then when Toby tells him he's gone and can see him leaving, he takes off. Yeah. Because he doesn't want this guy to And go. that important part about the bull's pen mm-hmm. field, whatever, oh comes in because then Johnny cuts through it mm-hmm. as a shortcut and the bull starts chasing Hell him. Hell yeah, he does. And he's wearing red. Is he? I think so, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He was wearing red. He was wearing a red yeah. velvet suit, <laughs> looking sharp as fuck when he's about to get mauled. So Johnny the Matador is is running through this field, and just as the bull catches up with him, it cuts away to his mom. Like, well, screaming. fucking course it does. How are you gonna like play that? 
It's going to look cheesy as shit with a bull crushing a dummy. Disney knows how to do some shit. Yeah, animate it. Yeah. Animate the violence. The kid sells. The kid sells it, though. Like, he is face down in the Dumb. ground. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah, it's just like him face so down. So, he's almost dying at this. Like, like they carry him up to his room, and he's has. What is he dying of? What is his ailment? Well, probably, like, you got to. F- uh, being trampled yeah, to or death. Or getting, like, a severe concussion from. Getting destroyed yeah. by a bull. I guess. Or maybe getting like, you know, a puncture wound. He's just laying wounds. there like, Uncle Remus. Uncle Remus, don't go. And like his dad's there and he doesn't give a fuck about his dad. And he still wants Uncle Remus. Yeah. And this was a question I had as well. Like, did Uncle Remus leave town or did he go to Atlanta to get the kid's dad? Because the damn kid needs a dad. <laughs> That's a good which point. Is a thing a that he point. Me- which is a thing that he mentions yeah. earlier. He does mention that. No, I think he was just leaving to leave. I don't yeah, know. I think he was leaving. He seemed pretty sad. Yeah. But yeah, he he's calling for Uncle Remus, and uh, Uncle Remus comes in. He is escorted by Johnny's grandmother, and Uncle Remus begins telling him about Br'er Rabbit and the Laughing Place again. And Johnny survives. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all she wrote. Yeah, he has a he has a zippity doo dah day. Pretty good, sure. Skipping skipping along in the next scene because it's him and Ginny and Toby and they're happy and mm-hmm. yeah and those stories will live on yep unfortunately <laughs> they will keep going <laughs> i disagree <laughs> you disagree <laughs> i don't know man i do maybe if it was just those stories without the live action segments i don't know but anyway so now that we have trudged our way through this synopsis as far as reception goes for this movie it was pretty mixed when it came out ha 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 Damn it, Kevin. <laughs> Mixed. <laughs> oh, shit, Kevin. He's a quick one. Yeah, and, and, until I'm wearing a shirt with a blowjob joke all day long. <laughs> That's because I'm trying to assume the, the best in you, Josh. <laughs> he wouldn't wear that. Yeah. yeah. It was a yeah, deep absolutely. cuts reference. Out of context, maybe. To be the fair, we didn't joke. know the reference, so. No. Yeah. But the shirt said, yeah, well, if you knew the reference, it's like harder to to get because all my shirt said was and I've blown the whole neighborhood again (laughs) (laughs) and I I didn't even think anything something that's not even yeah like I thought oh he he must have like you know like fucking blown everything up or something I I assumed it was like Doc Brown like a Bill Nye thing thing, yeah like fucking Christopher Lloyd's not sucking cocks dude okay I mean what's funny to me is how you get kept getting stopped by a couple of cast members Cast members, like, I would get two laughs from cast members. Like, they'd <laughs> laugh at it, and then they would laugh again when they got it. <laughs> there was one who seemed to be eyeing you, and you're like, yeah. keep walking. <laughs> you're like, keep going. He noticed my shirt. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. So, as far as reception of this goes, it was mixed, Kevin. Yeah. Um, it netted the studio about $226,000. Um, so, profit. Oh my god, we made money. Uh, without the government's help. And then Bosley Crowther, Crowther, who reviewed a previous movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the uh, yeah, New York Times yeah. critic. He said, quote, more and more Walt Disney's craftsmen have been loading their feature films with so-called live action in place of their animated whimsies of the past. And by just those proportions has the magic of these Disney films decreased. And he said that the ratio of live action to animation at two to one um, is approximately 
also the ratio of its mediocrity to its Yeah, yeah. my boy Bosley crushing it. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that last little part, but like the more and more, the, more, the, more, the oh, first yeah. half of that quote, I 100% agree with. Like they were leaning pretty hard on live action for a good well, while there at the beginning. It's cheaper to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, and it takes it's a hell of a lot less time to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Time Magazine gave it a positive review, saying it was top notch Disney. Um, but I think yeah, the NAACP hated it. Yeah, I think I because read, they got, but they did get major facts wrong. <laughs> yes, um, I think that's a good lead in with like the racial implications, or like when people say this yeah. is a racist. This, this this is what you guys are here for. So right. get ready to hear three white motherfuckers discussing Song of the South. Yeah, that's right. Did I read correctly that there was a protest about this movie when it came out? Was it the NAACP? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I can't remember the the group specifically. I I think I want to like a Southern Black group, maybe that you would be embarrassed to say the name of. I think these days. Yeah, I I don't know because I read several articles and I'm kind of getting all the different facts mixed up. Now. Yeah, it does tend to run together. Yeah. So a lot of what. I have seen the the issues have been is people felt like this was glorifying slavery or the master slave, like romanticizing mm-hmm. the master slave relationship. However, these stories take place after the civil war. Mm-hmm. And I think the issue with that is that Disney didn't make it clear enough that this is post slavery. Yeah. The remus portion of it specifically is like the, the live action. I should say portion specifically, I think it's pulled straight from uh, Joel Chandler Harris's childhood. Like the dude was the, the dude, the kid and his mother were abandoned by his father. Like they went to live with their grandmother. And then like when he grew up, he went and worked on a plantation, which is where he heard all of these stories. Mm-hmm. And like the uncle Remus character is like an amalgamation of like three people who he encountered on a regular basis that told these stories. So yeah, that's like, that's, that's where they crammed all those into. Um, it was, I think it was around 1880 or something like that when he ended up on that plantation, or maybe 1860 something. But it was well after, and I think maybe they were leaning on people knowing these stories a little too hard, right. yeah, uh, and not including those specific caveats when making this movie. Yeah, because it, it seems like he Disney's walking this fine line of like I want it to seem like you know like this is post civil war mm-hmm. and they're free and they're happy to work here but he never comes out and says it which i feel appeals to yeah like, they did it with the clothes or something yeah like, right. they, like they didn't want to come out and say like yeah here's here's free black people right like maybe they're trying to get that southern audience which it did premiere in atlanta so who knows well, i just feel like okay the the national negro congress was uh the the group that um picketed it what I was going to say is like, even if this was all the case and that, you know, it's something that they were making with respect to the time period after the Civil War and showing, you know, uh, a harmonious setting between uh, black, they, they wouldn't be subordinates and uh, like a plantation owner in the South. You're still getting other actors that they'd approached to play the Uncle Remus part that say that this is, you know. Like this it's isn't demeaning. for them. Yeah, it's yeah. demeaning. Like, and and why why is that? You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a basis for that. It's not just you know, like the uh, the social outrage that you would think of today. I mean, that's very real. And I was wondering, like, 
So how much of this is racist and how much of it is political correctness and how much of it is just ignorance of the culture and the current events that were going on? I would say just tone deafness probably. Yeah. If, if anything, I mean, you, you can say tone deaf, but like we were like, I mean, like we got into a little bit at the beginning with like adding like Maurice rap or whatever to the, uh, to the screen screenwriting crew. And then like, like going out of your way to try and get like a black director at a certain point. And, you know, just like, all of these people like taking every precaution, like clearly they were aware and like making a concerted effort to not have this be the case. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, I wouldn't say it's tone deaf. I'm like, your opinion can be like, maybe they missed, but mm-hmm. I don't, maybe it was like too hot to touch. I don't know. But like, I think they made every effort to not but I do yeah, feel like, like I said earlier, that's a lot of red flags, but they're still pushing for this movie and they still want it to get made. And I felt like like for a lot of the other movies Disney had in the beginning, they shelved it for a time being when they couldn't get it just right. Like, why didn't you just put this on a shelf for a little bit and come back to it later? Instead, he really wanted it to get made. Yeah. I don't know if it was the technology they wanted to show off. Or maybe they want, maybe, maybe he wanted the challenge. Maybe he, maybe he, Maybe yeah, he could have been a challenge. Could have been like, like I, I can do this respectfully. I can do this, you know, correctly. And I do appreciate, like, yeah, like they did have a lot of African American actors in mm-hmm. it. Um, the music they tried to replicate was like I read something that the it was like blues, like bluesy type music. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but at the same time, the, um, yeah. a lot of the criticisms of this movie as well are the same criticisms that uh. The Chandler, Joel Chandler Harris books. Yeah. Yeah. And from one of the things that I read, it was like uh, with Joel Chandler is he said he was more comfortable in the fields with the slaves than he was, you know, around white people. Yeah. But someone was like, yeah, but the difference is you can go home and go sleep in your bed. Whereas these slaves are stuck here. They have to be here. So I just, it's like white people not completely understanding. Like it's like that either like black lives matter or entitled like white entitlement. Like we don't understand. I don't know where they're, where they're coming from because <laughs> yeah. a lot of like when I went on YouTube and was watching these clips, all the people defending it, like, Oh no, it's not racist. Oh no. It's, it's white people saying it. Mm-hmm. It's white people being like, Oh, I grew up with this movie and I loved uncle Remus. He was my first introduction to a black guy and I just adore him. Like, okay. You should also admit that it's also white people saying this movie is racist. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's white people like screaming that out as well. People want this thing to be whatever it is, and they can have it that way. Or- I mean, I, I'm with Kevin. I don't think it's racist. I just think it's it's tone deaf. No, I, I would say because I mean, going in, I was like I said, I was expecting like you know, not not an atrocity necessarily, but just something that was just like in your face. You thought you were going to sit there like um, the coachman yeah. telling you he's going to rape all these. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, no, I, I just, I, I <laughs> you thought you were going to have I, that reaction throughout this. I expected. Movie. And there's not one no, second of that. I, I expected song of the South to live up to the billing as it were. And that, it, it, that wasn't the case at all. I, I would think if anything, it was just a very average, like run of the mill movie with, you know, like a combination of animation and, uh, live action, but just with a, a kind of touchy subject matter. I yeah. think it's the biggest thing. And no, as I say, I think a, a big part of it is just uh, who, who who the audience is and like how you interpret whatever it is. Because I think it's, it's like I said, I think with this movie, it's two very different things. It's the movie itself and then how somebody else is going to interpret it. And I just I just saw it as, you know, 
it's just a movie. And, it, and, and that's not just uh, not just like, you know, the, the, the white guy part of me. I, I, when I watched it, I honestly didn't see, you know, something that was disrespectful necessarily or like something that they kind of exploitative. Yeah, exploitative. It, it didn't seem like that. I just didn't think it was a very good movie. Even like, like for me, I was bracing for this like tar baby thing that mm-hmm. everyone always comments on or brings up. And then I saw it and I was like, I can see where they're coming from, but I don't know how this is trying to be offensive. And like, I, I understand like the history of it and whatnot. It's it's because people have co-opted the phrase tar right. baby to mean exactly. something extremely exactly. racist. Because even when I hear it, I thought, oh man, yeah, because that's, that's the first thing that I think of because that's the way it's always been interpreted or, or been uh, presented to me. And I think, um, you know, just, I think in that uh, Saturday night live sketch with Chevy chase and uh, Richard Pryor, yeah. they even, yeah, even absolutely. Um, but honestly, I think, I think if, if the movie wasn't, you know, banned or was, if it was actually in circulation, I really don't think this would be a problem because I think this is one of those things where, yeah, if there was no hype here, nobody would exactly. give a shit. This would fall somewhere in the unranked middle of these. Yeah, fucking I, I'm, movies. I'm, this is not. This is not more offensive than fucking Peter Home on fucking the Range. Pan is yeah. significantly more. Like, well, yeah, we'll get there, but yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you the what makes her man. Yeah, exactly. No, but but <laughs> but I think this is something that would not have been a big deal had they not made it a big deal by taking yeah, it out of circulation. One hundred percent. You, you leave it out there, like it was created. It's it's just like uh, going to a, a museum or something like that and having them redacting things or leaving things out. No, you leave everything in there and you let people make their own determination from all the information that's available. Just like with victory through air power. Like, yes, yes, it's a, uh, it's, it's propaganda and everything like that, but you know, tell people what it is, let them watch it if they want to and make their, make their, you know, their decision from there. And I think that's the same thing with One this. One of the proponents of like, you should see it and make your own decision is Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. She, like, yeah, she thinks people should see it absolutely. and should see what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, it, and if you think that you know more more power to you, like you can have a spirited discussion with somebody about it, but don't just assume that it's you know this monstrosity or abomination. Like it's it's a movie. Yeah, and like with good reason, they've kept these. I mean, they've kept the animated sequences around. Yeah. Like that song is you, you have when you wish upon a, a star and zippity doodah. Frankly, go hand in hand as far as like songs that you associate right. with Disney, like. There's there's a lot of good here. It's the the bad that everybody's screaming about is it's frankly it's not there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I can understand like, but I I 100 agree. Like it's the it's the hype that makes this movie mm-hmm. uh, so controversial. Mm-hmm. It's it's people saying it's controversial that are like, it's just a it's just a kind of a boring. It really is. So, so leading into that, like, I guess as a as a film, when we're looking at this, either cinematographically, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't to make up words, um, but as a film, yeah. Like, go go ahead, Kevin. Like, what'd you think? I like I said, I thought um, well, the good. I would say, like, I liked uh, Uncle Remus as a character. I always enjoy like uh, pseudo father figures and types of things like that. I, I'm always very. I always enjoy things like that in movies. I like the setting <laughs> quite a bit because uh, I'm a big fan of like the uh, I'm trying to think re- like Reconstruction South things like that. But yeah, outside of that, it's just it's very dull. It's yeah. slow, and I mean, obviously, I, falling asleep was my fault. But it, it was <laughs> it was a slow movie. Even that aside, I wasn't that impressed, and I think the hype was a big big part of that. If yeah. I would have gone into this completely, had no idea. Yeah, 
I, th- I don't think it would have been as bad, but it's just, it's, it's okay. I mean, there's, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really like it that much. Yeah. And Josh, you've seen a lot of, if not all the Disney movies. So what, how do you feel about it? Especially being part of the Disney catalog. It's not great. Like this is not like it's sit like where it sits in your guys' timeline among all of these package movies is like kind of right where it belongs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would probably, I mean, because of like the songs, I like, I am a big fan of uh, like the pretty good Shirzy boy song. Like, as well as Zippity Diva, obviously. And only, like, if I'm going to rank these, I'm going to, like, numbering them is not something I can do. <laughs> like, I'll break it up into thirds, right? So I'll say, like, top third, middle third, bottom third. This would be, like, at the bottom of the middle third or the top of the bottom third. Yeah, I'm curious to see where everything's going to shake out when we actually get into, like, you know, like the 50s or something like that. That doesn't make me feel good about movies we have to watch later. Like, That's there's okay. a bottom third? Yes, Holy absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, as far as my feelings on it, it's it was very slow and very boring and not even in my I have ADHD kind of way. It's just I was waiting for it to get going. I was waiting for kind of the moral of the story mm-hmm. to happen. Um, I don't feel like the life lessons that he was learning were really that huge mm-hmm. or important, I guess. I guess it's like if you're a little guy and you need to take on big guys, use your brain, not your fists. Right. (laughs) But I felt like this movie could have been boiled down, like take off a half hour of it. or It was just too long. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been double. It was long. Yeah. (laughs) The acting. It could absolutely have been. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The acting was pretty subpar. Hmm. I don't know if that's just how acting was back then. No, that's not. That's not the case. It's not indicative of the 40s. No. Um. Set design was pretty great. Costumes. I did like the music. But yeah, I just, I really did not like this movie. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Uh, how did, okay, so we touched on it before. James Baskett was given an honorary Oscar for this in 1948, mm-hmm. shortly before he died. Um, what do you guys think of that? Like, do you think it's the Uncle Remus that gets him the Oscar or his performance as Br'er Fox? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I think it's Disney really pushing for it because right. Disney has influence and money. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm sure even Hollywood back in those days was uh, very conscious of that type of stuff. Even like an if, agenda. Yeah. But like, yeah. And Not necessarily in a, in a negative way, but. I'll give you that. Um, there were other black actors that it could have gone to, but he is the first black man to win an Oscar. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, d- I don't think that's uh... <laughs> it's gotta be from the Br'er Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kills, he kills that character. Yeah. Br- Br'er Fox is pretty great. Um, like I said earlier, he, he's very Eddie Murphy yeah. in his, the way that, yeah, he's like, I feel like Eddie Murphy stole his entire career from Br'er yes. Fox. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at our movie rankings. Josh, yeah. where would you rank this movie from? Let's see. We started at Snow White all the way up through Three Caballeros. All right. Uh, so those 10. Make my music. Or make my music, okay. excuse me. So, was the okay, so that we did. out of 11, I'm going to, okay. Uh, I'll give you like my, this is going to be like, uh, what? Uh, probably seventh. And I'm going to put, uh, let's see, last is going to be Saludos Amigos. Nothing against that movie. It's just boring. We, we think plenty against that movie. So <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so Saludos Amigos last. Then 
above it probably make mine music uh victory through air power dumbo motherfucker <laughs> dumbo right above dumbo's bambi i'm gonna put this between bambi and dumbo wow are you the fucking kidding bambi me gets, really are you the fucking kidding bambi me? Gets the, edge on, the only reason bambi gets the edge on dumbo is because of that fucking frozen lake scene Motherfucker! Wow. Song of the South is better than fucking Dumbo? Yeah, dude. The oh, only I'm thing good about that movie you. is Pink Elephants and oh, uh, the crow. Fuck you. Fuck you. Of which James Basket was also a crow. Oh, I'm so mad right now. I'm so <laughs> mad right now. All right. Bye, Kevin. Kevin, in another 52 movies, none of this is going to matter. Yeah, Dumbo's still going to be number God damn it. Fuck you. Wait, so you got mad. that in first place? It's number two. It's, it's number, number two. Oh, Pinocchio. God. Yeah. Yeah, Pinocchio's number one. Yeah, easily. So I'm going to put it 11th because as before, I, I always give the criteria of would I want to watch this again? Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to watch it again because I fell asleep the first time and I'm going to fall asleep again. Okay. So I put it after Saludos Amigos. Okay. Easily, easily. And not not without any of, like, that's without all the, like, racial conversation. Like, just mm-hmm. as a film, just, I hated it. Okay. To that point, I would like to see a scrubbed up version of this movie we released on, like, Blu-ray or something. <laughs> I don't even want to watch it on Blu-ray. Because, yeah, wow. like, it's hard to watch. I don't want to spend the money on Blu-ray. No. Just, no. No, you can get probably get, you can probably get it on Laserdisc or. I think I did see it on Laserdisc when I was younger. Yeah, I think that's how I saw this. <laughs> All right, Kevin, give us your rankings. All right, where it falls for me is probably, uh, I would say ninth. Yeah, I would say ninth. So I got Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, Snow White, Three Caballeros, uh, Fantasia, The Reluctant Dragon, Victory Through Air Power. Uh, at number eight, and then right behind Victory Through Air Power will be Song of the South, and then Make My Music and Saludos Amigos. So it's the third worst. That's movie because that we've you seen. didn't even see the whole movie. You were asleep for well, it. Well, and that's why I'm giving it bonus points because it's like, well, I mean, if I would have stayed awake, maybe I would have thought even <laughs> better of it. And I know that I don't like Make My Music and Saludos Amigos, so I'm going to give this one a bump. And wow. I and I know that I I probably like Victory Through Air Power more than this, regardless. But at least Make My Music is fun. Well, I mean, so is this kind of sometimes. No, it's not. It's got Br'er Fox. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, like yeah, I said, I like, a couple of, I like a couple of segments and make my music, but a couple of segments yeah. does not a movie make. Then just watch it. Watch the segments as shorts. Babe, take it easy. You're doing all right. This movie, this movie <laughs> sucked. I think now's a good time to plug that if you search online for Haunted Mansion Basement, Josh's basement will come up because he decorated it in the style of Haunted Mansion, and it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Anyway, thanks for having me on, guys. And, yeah, getting down to business, filling us getting in down on to business. what we missed when we were taking a nap. <laughs> yeah. I got to do the sign-off, you guys. Well, first, Kevin, we need to tell people... That they should like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. And we would really, really appreciate it if people left us reviews on iTunes because that's how other people decide to listen to us or not. But hopefully they do. (laughs) Next week, we have Noah's Ark as our short. And our film is Fun and Fancy Free. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at DTB Disney, down to Business Disney. All right, Kevin. What's up? 
What, you do what you got to do. What do I have to do, though? Uh, something stupid. No. <sighs> Whatever. Well, she's Stephanie. I'm Kevin. And he's Josh. And Disney. Is our business! And business is good! Wow. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>